0: So good to see everyone here. It is just an awesome Sunday. And I just want to start off by saying how awesome it is to see one of our youth kids. I think he's helping in the nursery now, but to come up here and give the communion talk. I just think that that is such an awesome thing. And as a church, we should be so encouraged to see kids come up here and do that for us. That is just awesome. But one of the first things that I do want to say is, first off, that Jesus loves you so much. And what a friend we have in Jesus. Such an awesome song to start off. But also, I just want to say, Mom and Dad, I love you. They're watching from the live stream today. And it's just such a special thing for me to be able to come up here and preach in the pulpit because I'm a a ways away from my family. But my dad is a full-time preacher, and it is just so cool to be able to come up and preach, because he's preaching down in Arkansas right now, and I'm preaching up in Minnesota. And I just got to grow up and watch him preach. And it is just a dream come true to be able to come and do ministry like he did, because he was just one of the greatest examples for me. So it's just so special to be able to come and take the pulpit at the same time in two different states as my dad. So, but a lot of you might be really surprised that I finally got to come up here and preach. (laughs) And I know that Steve kind of opened up with that, but I actually have a letter from Patrick that I would like to read. (laughs) And it says, would you, first off, it says, Dear Preston, marked out, Dear Wesley, (laughs) Marked out, dear Presley, would you do the Woodbury Church of Christ, would you do the Woodbury Church of Christ, I think that's supposed to say the honor, of bringing the message on Sunday, August 21st. I think you are finally ready after much training and mentorship from myself, and thus it is time. Do you accept the responsibility of this request? So I did accept the responsibility, because here I am this morning, but I do just want to say that if I do a really good job, it's because the mentorship came from Steve, (laughs) and if I do a really bad job, it's because it came from Patrick, (laughs) so I just wanted to start off with that, but we, as you know, Patrick didn't do the uh, due diligence of giving me my first sermon as the last Uh, part of Revelation, thank God. But he did, we are starting a new sermon series. And that new sermon series is four simple things anyone can do that have a huge impact. And I know that some of you are looking at this and you're like, man, that is a really long sermon title. Like, I'm not going to be able to remember that. How did we fit that on one page? But again, Patrick made this, long sermons, long sermon title. And, but I promise that the reason why we chose that is because it's just as simple and straightforward as we can get. We're just going to talk about four simple things that anyone can do in order to make a great impact. Because for some of you sitting in the crowd today, you may be thinking, I have no skills. I have nothing that I can do to contribute to the kingdom of God. And I'm here to tell you that you do. There are simple things that we can all do. Some of you might be coming here for a while and you're like, man, I just, I wish there was some way I can get involved. I wish there was something I can do for the kingdom of God, for the Woodbury Church of Christ. And we're here to tell you that there is. And so that is what we are going to be talking about. That's going to be the heart of the message. Because as a Woodbury staff here, we need you. We are a team team. And Jesus Christ is the head. And we need all of us working together in order to make a great impact in Minnesota and Woodbury and the whole world. So there are simple things that all of us can do in order to make a great impact. So I have a picture, and I want you all to meet Dawson. And Dawson is my best friend. And this was me. Uh, once upon a time, I guess when I was around the youth kid's age, and I did wear a bowl cut. But this is Dawson, and Dawson was one of my best friends in high school. So he actually went to the rival school. Uh, I went to Dover High School, he went to Atkins, and it's actually, still to this day, one of the longest-living football rivalries in the state. And so he went to Atkins. I went to Dover, so we knew of each other, but we probably didn't like each other very much. And one day, he had the courage to move to Dover. And so he moved, and we became friends. We started playing football together, and I invited him to church. And that just blossomed into a great relationship. We would go, and we had football practice all the time. We'd go eat. Uh, We'd go jump off cliffs into water. And I remember one day, uh, my parents told me that I couldn't go hang out with him unless I mowed my lawn. And he said, okay, awesome. And he came over and he helped me mow my lawn so that we could go and hang out. So we were best friends. But that blossomed through him coming to church, through inviting him to church. He never missed a Wednesday. He was there each and every Wednesday. And one time on Christmas Eve, he even came. Because I had to be there because my dad was the preacher and the youth minister. So I had to be there. But he came Because he truly wanted to be there. Through that one invitation, I saw him grow in love with the church. And I saw him grow in love with Jesus Christ. It was an awesome thing. And so if you haven't guessed it yet or you haven't read the screen, the first simple thing that anyone can do to make a great impact is an invitation. Just an invitation. Invite somebody to church. Invite somebody into your relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's a really cool example of this in John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. And it's the story of Philip and Nathanael being called. And I'm going to read that through this morning as we look at it. So the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the king, on the son of man. So through this, this is just an awesome story about an invitation. And I believe that there are three big things that I want us all to pay attention to that truly teach us something about the power of an invitation. And so the first thing that we see is that Philip invites. Really simple. Philip simply invites. So the first thing we see is he has this interaction with Jesus, and Jesus says, follow me, and Philip agrees. You know, I wish that I could truly just watch this interaction because it doesn't say much here. But Philip encounters Jesus, and he is instantly called to change his life. He instantly changes his life and decides to follow Jesus, and he is convinced that this is the Messiah. I think that this story is kind of a side note, just shows us the awesome power of Jesus Christ. That he had an interaction, he saw Jesus and experienced him, and instantly said, My life's changed. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I think that that tells us how awesome Jesus truly is. But what is the first thing that Philip does after he encounters Jesus? What is the first thing? thing that jesus that philip decides to do after jesus he goes and tells somebody he goes and tells his brother nathaniel what he has just encountered he is so amazed at this encounter by jesus he is so amazed that he has just saw the messiah that he has decided to go and tell somebody about it and again a mini sermon here how excited are we about our relationship with jesus Do we comprehend, do we understand what Jesus has done for us? Do we understand that Jesus has transformed our lives? Because I believe that if we did, we'd have to go tell somebody. If I bought a new car, if I won a fantasy football league, I'd be so excited I'd go and tell somebody about it. And I would invite them to join the league, I'd invite them to ride in my car. How excited are we about our relationship with Jesus? Because we see here that Philip is so excited that he instantly goes and tells his brother Nathaniel. And I think that that's kind of a mini sermon in this. And I might be getting too excited too early. But I think that the issue for us is that oftentimes we think, I just don't have the right things to say. What am I going to say? I don't know how I'm going to invite somebody. I don't know how I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't have the right things to say. Some of you might think, well, I'm just not educated enough. I don't have enough biblical knowledge. I'm not ready to tell somebody about that. And some of you might think, well, what if they think I'm weird? What if I just do it in an awkward way? What if I'm not prepared? But Philip just simply tells his story. Philip simply just goes to him and says, I have found Jesus. I've had this interaction. Come and see come and see. He doesn't experience Jesus and go home and plan out a one-hour sermon. He doesn't go home and look up apologetics. What can I say if he says this? He doesn't prepare himself. He's just so excited. He says, I have found Jesus. This is Jesus. Why don't you come and see? And he just simply invites them. There is power in your story. There is power in how you met Jesus. It's unique. And I believe that each one of our stories is specially designed to go and impact somebody else. Your story is unique how you met Jesus and there's nothing complicated about it. All you simply have to do is just go and tell your story. Go and tell how you met Jesus. Because although Philip went and he invited him and Nathaniel came back and he said whatever, Philip doesn't have all the answers. he just simply brings them to the one who does. He doesn't have all the answers planned out. he doesn't have all the right things to say planned out. He just simply brings him to the one who does. Jesus it's the same for us. So the second thing that we see here is that Nathaniel was skeptical. Now look. It would be a lot easier for me this Sunday if this was just a simple story. Philip goes to Nathaniel and he says, I have found Jesus the Messiah. And Nathaniel says, sweet man, that is awesome. I believe you 100%. I'm going to go with you happily ever after. Everybody saved by Jesus the end. Trust me, I really wish that's how this story goes. It would make my job a lot easier in this. But that's not how it goes. Nathaniel is skeptical. You know, oftentimes we just kind of talked about, we might be scared that we don't have the right things to say, that we're not educated enough. What if we say the wrong thing? But I think that oftentimes we are really scared about what they are going to say. What is their reaction going to be? I can control what I say. I can't control what they say. Nathaniel was skeptical. And it's honestly understandable, if I'm being honest. It was understandable that Nathaniel was skeptical. Because he said, Jesus the Messiah is from this place called Nazareth. And you know, I was doing my research on Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Nazareth is a small country hill town. And there's really nothing going on. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Nothing bad comes from Nazareth. It's just Nazareth. It's not like this big city. If you didn't know this from me, I'm actually from a very small town in Arkansas called Dover, Arkansas. And I guarantee you that no one knows where that is. And if you do, I might have a prize for you. Because Dover is in the middle of nowhere. It's a small country town. There's nothing going on in Dover. If somebody was to tell me that the next Michael Jordan was going to come from Dover, I'd be like, no, no way. If you told me that the next Tom Brady was gonna come from Dover, I'd be like, no way. If you told me the next president of the United States was gonna come from Dover, Arkansas, I'd be like, you are crazy. But here, it's, magnit- it's even bigger magnitude because Philip is saying Jesus, the Messiah, the one that we've waited for forever, is from Nazareth. The most important man to ever walk the earth is from Nazareth. If I was Nathaniel, I would be kind of like, I would be like, no way. I would be no way to this magnitude. Because Nathaniel, in his head, he sees this king that is going to raise up the Jews to this awesome nation that's going to destroy everyone and take over the world. And you're telling me he's from small town Nazareth? No way. I would be skeptical, too. But do y'all remember my friend Dawson? The one that came to church, the one that came even on Christmas Eve, that invitation. So, my friend Dawson, he was coming to church. He loved church. He invited his friends. But little did I know this whole time, he was inviting his dad. He was saying, Dad, you know, uh, he, his dad always picked him up from church. And he was like, Dad, I want you to come see church. Come with me. Come to church. Come to church. And I don't know if his dad was skeptical or like if it was just work, but he never came. Going into my junior year, Dawson got in a four-wheeler accident, and he died. And he was my best friend, so this is a really tough time in my life. It was very hard, but it was way harder on his dad. Because for his dad, that, that was his son. That's all he had. He lived alone with his father. But all those invites... All those times that he had invited his dad to church finally took blossom. And his dad started coming to church every Sunday, and I sat with him. And he still goes to church. And he's actually watching this live stream right now. It's awesome. Just from these one invites, his dad's life has changed. And that's the truth for us We're scared of people being skeptical, but the truth is when you invite somebody, when you invite somebody to Jesus, when you invite somebody to church, you won't always see the fruit of that right then and there. They won't always come right then and there, but there is a chance that they might come in the future. There's a chance that that seed that was planted can fully blossom. And the painful thing, the truth is, sometimes they don't come at all. Sometimes they never come although you invite them to church, you invite them to read their Bible, you invite them to be with Jesus, sometimes they don't come. But if the worst thing that can happen is that they are skeptical, they don't come, they treat you poorly, I think that's something that we can deal with. Because the reward far outweighs the risk. If there is a chance that we can invite somebody to church, we can invite somebody to come and meet Jesus and their life is transformed, that's a risk that we should take. That is a risk that we should take because an invitation is a simple thing that makes a great impact. The third thing that I believe that this teaches us is that Jesus transforms. Jesus transforms lives. Spoiler alert one of these four sermons that you're going to hear in the next four sundays one of them is not going to be you transform lives and it's not really a simple thing either if you think about it we don't have the power to transform lives and i think that this passage in the bible of philip and nathaniel teaches us that that we don't have the power to transform lives because the person that we've really highlighted that this verse highlights is Philip how Philip says come and see but that's the last thing that we hear from Philip it's the last thing Philip doesn't transform him Jesus does Jesus transforms lives because Nathaniel finally you know he was skeptical and he was like okay he's from Nazareth I guess I'll come check it out probably to prove him wrong Probably to prove Philip wrong, like you are crazy, but I'll go with you just to prove you wrong. That's probably why Nathaniel went. But as Nathaniel was walking, Jesus sees him and he says, "Here is the true Israelite." And he goes, "How do you know me?" He goes, "I knew you before Philip did. I knew you before. I knew you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip even came and saw you. I've always known you. I know you." And Nathaniel says, "Truly." you are the son of man. Truly, you are the son of God. It's awesome. From this one invitation that we saw from Philip, Nathanael's life has changed, and he is transformed by Jesus. And actually, this is the first recorded time that we hear anyone call Jesus the son of God. From this one invitation, he is transformed by Jesus. And he goes on to be a disciple And he goes on to follow Jesus forever. And his life is forever transformed. He's with Jesus. So an invitation does not imply that you have to do this great, awesome thing like transform somebody's life. It just means that we have to point him to the one who does. We have to invite him to the one who does transform lives. So the question is... Do we as a church believe that Jesus transforms? Do we as a church believe that Jesus transforms? Do we believe that this church brings you closer to Jesus? Did Jesus transform you? Then why don't we invite somebody to be a part of it? If Jesus truly transforms and that is something that we believe, why don't we bring as many people as we can to come and share in that family with us? If you come to church every week and it is so encouraging for you and you get to see people and interact with other fellow believers and you truly feel like you're getting closer to Jesus, why would you keep that to yourself? Why wouldn't we invite people to be a part of that? If Jesus truly transforms, then everyone in the world needs to hear it. Everyone in the world needs to hear it. So just in conclusion, just to wrap up everything. First off, Philip simply invites. Your story matters. Your story matters. Your relationship with Jesus, the things that you have had, the excitement that you have for Jesus matters. Simply go and tell somebody that. You don't need to know all the answers. You just need to bring him to the one who does. Two, Nathaniel was skeptical. We might have to deal with people being skeptical in our lives. We might have to deal with people saying no, and at the worst, we might have to deal with somebody trying to debate us. But if that is something that we're going to have to deal with, that is something that we can deal with. That is something that we can face. We can deal with somebody being skeptical because we know the reward far outweighs the risk. And third, Jesus transforms lives. And if that is something that we truly believe, that if we bring somebody into a relationship with Jesus, that he can transform lives, then we need to invite somebody to be a part of it. Because you don't need to be educated. You don't need a biblical thing. You don't need all the right things to say. You don't need to know everything. You just have to invite them to the one who does Please stand while we get ready to sing our invitation song. And I don't know if there's something that you're going through today, but the elders and the ministry staff here would love to talk to you after